Before we open up the word and read, I want to share a quick story about my son. Uh, Many of you guys know I have two kids. I have a boy and a girl. Uh, My son, Cedar, is five, and my daughter, Selah, is seven. And uh, a couple weeks ago, my son, Cedar, who's a stocky, well-built young man at five, uh, was walking with my wife, his mom, and and turned to her and said, uh, Mommy, can you please carry me? I'm tired. And um, she looked to him and she said, you know, Cedar, you're too big now. I just can't carry you. And uh, to which he responded, with God, all things are possible. (laughs) That that was his response. And and I love it because it's uh, it's so true. It is true. And um, what's so neat about that response, too, is that he realized that God could hold him even when his mom was not strong enough to. And so tonight, the passage that we're looking at is an invitation from Jesus to come to him and to rest in him. And um, so, why don't we stand together if you will turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 11. As we continue this series being discipled by Jesus... Tonight we're looking at Matthew chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 28 and read through verse 30. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Lord God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we pray that this evening, Lord, that you would speak to us through your word. God, that you would help us to see this invitation, what it means to us now, and that we would respond. Lord God, we commit our evening to you in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You guys may have a seat. Well, I'm uh, very blessed that uh, Jason was willing to sacrifice this passage and allow me to share with you. It's uh, a very, very encouraging passage that I'm sure many of you have heard uh, quite often. A few things, I want to draw out a few things. Is that me that's popping in and out or am I okay? All right, just checking. Um, I want to draw out a few things out of this passage that I hope we can take from it tonight. The first is the call. The call. What it is that he's calling here. We, have, we start out, it says, come to me. And it's a call. It's an invitation. It says, come to me all who are weary and burdened. I want to take a look at these two words, weary and burdened, and how they apply to us. What does it mean to be weary? What does it mean to be burdened? The uh, dictionary defines weary as feeling or showing tiredness, especially as a result of excessive exertion or lack of sleep. I think there's probably many of us in this room that can relate to weariness, that can relate to being tired, not getting enough sleep, exerting ourselves. Um, Each of you in here faces different 
physical daily activities and strains on your life. Some of you in here uh, work 40 hours plus a week. Um, And many of you I've talked to at multiple jobs because of the way the economy is. And then when you finish those jobs, you return home to a dirty house that needs to be cleaned and a lawn that needs to be mowed and a car that needs to be repaired and meals that need to be cooked and children that need to be taken care of. And it's constant. It's never-ending. And then somehow in the middle of all that, you've got to find time to volunteer at church and drop your kids off at sports and pay your bills on time. Sorry if some of you haven't paid them and you're thinking about that now. But there's always these things, these constant things in our life that we have to do. And it can be very, very tiring. It can be very, very wearisome. You are going to get weary. If you're not now, you will be soon. We all go through it. And if we think we're above it, then we're missing something because even Jesus became weary. I don't know if you realize that or not, but it actually says in the book of John, speaking of Jesus, verse, uh, verse 6 of chapter 4, it says, being wearied, using the same Greek word there, it says, being wearied of his journey, he sat by the well. Even Jesus became weary from his journey, from his travel. Each of us are going to reach that point or are in that place of weariness. Burdensome. Burdened. What is it to be burdened? Well, in the dictionary it says that uh, burden is something that is emotionally difficult to bear. Or it is a source of great worry or stress. Again, this is something that I know for a fact many of you deal with on a regular basis. Stress and worry of things that go on in your life that you have to sort through or think about or worry about. I know that because I do on a normal basis. Um, You know, teaching for the first time in the sanctuary can be a source of worry or stress on the mind. And so we go through these things, whether, whether you're at home and you've got a wayward child, a prodigal, who's just constantly draining on your emotions and your mind, whether it's finances, again, the economy that we're, we find ourselves in, and some of you not being able to pay those bills, and the constant strain of finances can be burdensome, can bring you down, can be a weight upon your shoulders. Whether it's persecution at work, as you're, as you're trying to be an example of Christ and you're constantly being persecuted, that can, be, that can be a burden on your life. For some of you, it's relational issues. Whether it's uh, someone you're dating, whether it's a marriage, children, going through divorce, there's so many things in our lives on a daily basis that we face that are like burdens on us that are weights on us, that are dragging us down. Psalms 42.5 says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I will yet praise Him. When we go through these things, there's an encouragement that Jesus is giving us in this passage here tonight that 
we will be weary. We will be burdened. Even as Isaiah says, even the youth grow weary. We will reach those points in our life. But there's good news. There's hope. There's something to look forward to. And that's the joy that I get to share and encourage you with tonight. It's so encouraging to me to know that God reaches out for those of us that are in these places. Because that's where I find myself so many times, weary and and burdened. It's encouraging to know that He reaches out to us because we're the ones that need it the most. We're the ones that need His strength. We're the ones that need His hands. What's also interesting to note, though, is the danger of an invitation like this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. There's not many people that I know that this is like their Facebook status. You know, hey, everybody with problems, friend me. I don't know about you guys, but it's not fun hanging out with people who are burdened and down and depressed all day long. We all have enough problems of our own without having to sit around and listen to everybody else's problems all day long. It's, it can be draining to be around people that complain all the time. But here you've got Jesus, and he, that's exactly the person he's looking for. Those that are down, depressed, complaining, mad at the world. I want you. I want you to come to me. I want to hang out with you. The cool thing, too, about this is that Jesus is showing love in this. That he's willing to lay down his life for his friends. That he gives up everything for those that he loves. And it's also neat to note that it's because he's 100% confident in his ability to change those people. Because he knows that if they spend enough time with him, They won't be weary. They won't be downcast. They won't be complainers. Because he has the power to change them. So he calls us. He calls the weary. He calls the burdened. And now we're faced with a choice. We're faced with the choice. Because if we're called for something, then it means that we must, it implies that we must be leaving something else. When you call your children for dinner, It's because they're somewhere else at the time. They're doing something else and you want them to stop and come to you. So here we have a choice. What is it that we are being called away from? What is it that we are being asked to leave? He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. As opposed to the yoke of something else, as opposed to the teachings of something else. The first thing I want to note in here is, I want to look at the word yoke. Why, do you, why did Jesus choose the word yoke? Um, for most of you understand, you've, you've been around long enough, you've probably heard, you know, talked about the, a yoke is a piece of wood uh, that would be uh, put across to Beasts of burden, usually uh, like cattle or something, to, to plow a field and would tie the two of them together. And so it was in a farming culture, in a farming um, community, it was an analogy that would have been 
easily understood. But I believe there was more than that. Because he doesn't say, take my yoke. He doesn't say, take my yoke upon you and work with me, like in the analogy of be subverted. He says, and learn from me. And I think what he's referring to there is something that was very common during those times, is the word yoke was often used in reference to the laws, burdensome or difficult laws to follow. That was a term that they used for yoke. And so I believe that that's what Jesus is specifically referring to. You see, during that time, the rabbis had followers, had students. And the weight on these students was immense. We've, we, we can study and learn that there, they had schools of uh, rabbinical teaching. And by the age of 14, most boys under a rabbi could recite the entire Old Testament. That's extremely difficult, obviously. I have enough time, enough, hard enough time thinking of two or three that I remember. But the entire Old Testament, word for word, that was what their goal was. And then from that point of 14 on, they were then to press into the rabbi to find out who he was so that they could imitate him, so that they could be like him. And they were not only given the laws and the teachings of the Old Testament, but now the rabbi would give his interpretations of those laws and his applications of those laws so that he could train up these disciples to follow in his footsteps. And so I believe it's to this culture and this situation that Jesus is specifically speaking into. And while all the other rabbis of the time were looking for the best of the best students to follow in their footsteps, to take on their mantle, Jesus is going to the worst of the worst. Jesus is going to the ones who aren't doing anything of value, who haven't learned these things. And and so he's saying, if you want to be my disciple, let me tell you about my yoke. Because it's different than what you've been seeing. So what is it that we're leaving behind? What is it that we let go of to come to Jesus? Well, as I mentioned, I believe that we can see in context that he's specifically speaking about leaving religion, leaving legalism, and leaving self-reliance. Those are the things that men often hold on to and look to for their strength and for their salvation and for their security. And he calls us to leave those things behind. The scribes and the Pharisees had missed the point of the law. They continually imposed not only Moses' law, but also their own traditions upon people. If you have time to do further study, I encourage you to read Matthew chapter 23, Acts 15, and Galatians 5. 
These are passages where you see a lot about this concept of following in the law and finding our security and our salvation in that and constantly being rebuked in those methods. In Matthew 23, 4, it says, For they bind, speaking of the Pharisees and the scribes, it says, For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. This is that yoke that he's saying, you guys can leave that. You don't need that yoke. You don't need that burden on your lives. Basically, Jesus is calling us away from a self-governed life, from a life that's about us, about what we want to do, about our control, about our choices, and, and leading us to a life that's governed by him. Because he knows religion will wear you out. Religion makes you weary. Trying to keep up with the traditions of men and the, the rules and the laws, you get tired. I get tired. Um, it's, it's those efforts that we have to succeed. It's those efforts that we have to be effective that leave us burdened and leave us wearied. Um, I remember for me specifically uh, a time that I saw this played out in a very real way was during the time I was in Africa with my family. And we had, we had moved to uh, Guinea, West Africa, which is a third world country, um, in 2007. And we were called, the Lord called us there specifically to a village by the name of Mambia. And so we went there not knowing exactly what it was that God had called us to do, but just knowing that we were called there to share the word and to love people through our words and through our actions. And so we went out to this village, and they gave us a house. I use the term very loosely um, because it was a concrete building, concrete floors with a uh, kind of a rattan ceiling, and, and then above that was a, a metal corrugated steel. Um, out in the, the middle of nowhere there, there's no bathrooms, no kitchen. Um, we, we had to bring our beds out there, you know, and they were like these straw mats. And So I moved out there with my wife and my two kids, and we go into this, this house that they had, and, you know, we, we started getting things set up because we wanted to do ministry there. We wanted to serve the Lord there. We wanted to share with people about Christ. And so our goal was, all right, let's get this place in a situation, in a place where we can do that effectively. So we began to do all these things. I started making a kitchen. I built a sink and cut a hole out of the wall and brought in, you know, a big old tub of water so we could set it up and actually have like a faucet. Um, I had the outhouse redone and the roof raised so I could actually walk into it without hitting my head. Um, we started making like a cement pad out back so we could do some kind of washroom or something so we weren't, you know, bathing the kids out on the porch like normal. Um, we had, there were bats 
tons of bats living in the ceilings as we're sitting under the, our mosquito nets at night in, in a 100 degrees with the 110% humidity and the bat droppings are falling all over us. And, and so we're, we're like, we got to clean the bats out. We got we to gotta get everything to the place where we can actually live here and, and be okay with being here before we start doing any kind of ministry. And by day three, I was weary. I was burdened. I was tired because it was never ending. No matter how many times you got rid of the bugs, it was like they were the walls. You know, they didn't go away. Nothing, nothing went according to plan. Nothing was working. And, and my, all of a sudden, my kids start getting sick and they've got bumps all over their body and my wife's got a fever and we're worried it's malaria. And we start going, we've we got to go back. We, we can't do this. And we made a decision that night as we began to pray and seek the Lord. We made a decision that it was time to let go and just do what we were called to do. And so we went to the chief of the village and we said, look, we're here, and it's a Muslim village. We said, look, we're here to share the, the Bible. We want to teach people the Bible. And so if, if you want to uh, l- tell people and, and let people come, we're going to be teaching the Bible tonight. That's what we're doing. So he said, oh, okay, I'll, I'll let them know. And, and so um, we waited at 5 o'clock. We were supposed to have people over. Nobody showed up. 6, 7, 8. Like, all right, we're packing it up in the morning. About 9 o'clock at night, five little boys come walking in out of the darkness with their torn up shirts and their sandals up to our house and, hey, we're here for the Bible study. So we got them in the room and lit some candles and sat around with these five boys and gave them coloring books and told them the story of Jesus. And it was the most incredible blessing that I can ever imagine. The next day, as we prepared to go back and get some more supplies before returning, we had three more people show up at the house in the morning. And uh, they said, we're here for the Bible study. And we're like, you know, that was yesterday. And they said, well, yeah, but we, we were at mosque. And after prayer, the imam said that the Christians were having a Bible study down the road. So we're here for that. We're like, wow, oh, okay, um, yeah, sure. So, so then we start, and one of them was the chief's son, and so I got to sit down with him and start sharing the gospel for the first time with this man. These are the, that's what happens when we let go and we let God. When we quit worrying and we quit striving and we quit trying to do things in our own strength and we allow God to work in our weakness. So... The commitment. Because, yes, we've been called, and yes, we have a choice. And when when we make that choice, we also have to understand that there's a commitment that comes along with that. It's a commitment, it's a cost, but it's also so worth it. It's worth every minute of it. Jesus said, For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light, for I am gentle and humble in heart. The first thing we have to note in this passage is that it is a yoke and a burden. Sometimes we can 
go the other way with this passage. We can go to the other extreme with this passage and say, and, and we think that Jesus said, come to me and I'll get rid of your yoke and I'll get rid of your burden. But that's not what he's saying here. He said, come to me and take my yoke and my burden. So it's not that they don't exist, it's that they're different. And we need to understand that. He's not saying, come to me and I'll take away all of your problems. We'll go surfing and bird watching and life will be easy. That's not what he's saying to us. The work, though, that we're to be a part of, he lays out in John chapter 6 when the multitude comes to him desiring to follow him or professing that at least. And, and they, say, they say to him, what shall we do, John six twenty eight through 29, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. That's it. Come to me. That's the work. Believe in me and come to me. Because basically if you want to work for God, all you have to do is stay close to Jesus. And when you're close to Jesus, you will be doing the work of God. You will be next to Christ as he moves along and whatever he guides you into is the work that God has for you. He also says that it's easy and it's light. And I believe what Jesus is saying here is, guys, this is easy because I'm going to give you all the answers. And I'm going to give you the strength. And I'm going to give you the direction. I'm going to give you every tool you need to walk beside me, to work alongside me. That's why it's easy. That's why it's a light burden, because there's not a bunch of rules and requirements to be on his team. He sums it up and says, love God and love people. You take a look where you're at, you leave behind your sins, you, you repent, you acknowledge that he's the savior, and you, you're on board. That's it. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I'll take care of everything else. I'll take care of everything else that would burden you or wear you down if you just come to me and rest in me. He also says that he's gentle and that he's humble. He gives us a sneak peek at his character of who he really is. Because Jesus, Jesus guides us. He doesn't drag us along. He guides us gently. He, he doesn't have anything to prove. He's not proud. He's loving. He is our good shepherd. We, however, are like little ADHD cows, you know, that were yoked together with Jesus, and we just constantly are getting distracted. Like, oh, Jesus, look at the butterfly, you know, and we just, we want to chase after things, and 
We're like, can I just go play with the other cows? And we, we've got all these other things when we, we look at the world and we see what the world has that we get distracted by. And Jesus encourages us. And we, when we make that decision to chase those things, all he says is, I'll be right here when you come back. That's it. He doesn't cast us out. It says, John 6, 37, All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Skipped ahead there, sorry. John 10, 11 is the verse I wanted, right? Yeah, John 10, 11. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. And I'm going to read that other one again in a minute because it was so good. I am the good shepherd. He gives his life for the sheep. See, because that's what we're committing to when we yoke ourselves with Christ. And another analogy of being yoked, obviously, the Bible talks about marriage as yoking. And this is the marriage. This is the marriage that we're entering when we commit to Christ. It's a marriage that we can have peace in, that we know is going to work because of Him, not because of us. We know that He will never leave us. He will never fail us. So, the completion. We've, we've heard the call. We've come to Him. We've left behind. We've made the choice to leave behind the past. We realize that it's a commitment and it's a cost and we've given those things up and now we see what that looks like. The completion of walking with Christ, of being yoked with Christ. He says, you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. When we are submitted to Christ, we find peace and rest. We see the fruit of our labor alongside of Him. And that fruit lasts forever. And he gives us peace that passes all understanding. Why is it rest? Let's break down this, this phrase, you will find rest for your souls. Why is it rest? It's rest because we don't have to strive for his approval. And because our strength comes from him. We no longer have to try and be something or look a certain way or act a certain way. This is huge for me. I don't know about you guys, but the thing that burdens me often the most is the desire to please people. I hate that about myself. If I didn't care what you guys thought, this would have been a whole lot easier to come up and share. When we, we just, we're so concerned about others. And I know for me, I'm burdened often by thinking, what are they going to think? What are they, if I say that, if I do that, what's, what are they going to think? Am I gonna, are they going to think I'm less of a Christian? Are they going to think I'm dumb? What? And we, we can wrestle with these things constantly. And so to know that I don't have to seek anyone's approval, that I've already got the approval of my Father, that's good news. That's encouraging to me. Philippians 4.7 says, the peace of God which passes, surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He gives us peace even when we don't know where we're going. Even when we don't know tomorrow, we don't know the future, 
when we're in him, when we're yoked to him, there's peace because we know that he's in control. We know that he's not going to lead us someplace that we shouldn't be. That he's only going to, he only has good things for us. So why is it for our souls? Because it says, you will find rest for your souls. And I believe that it says that because it's secure. This rest is secure. It's eternal. It's an eternal promise, not a temporary solution. The world is full of temporary solutions to our problems. There's constantly things that people want to offer us. Good, well-meaning people want to give us advice and have us do certain things that maybe worked for them or work for a while. And there's these constant bombardment of things that would help us for a moment. But not with Christ. With Him, it's eternal. It's forever. It's real. It lasts. His rest is secure. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. We don't have to worry about being voted off the island or being fired. We can trust in Him. We can rely on Him and we will stay with Him. And there's a great verse in John 6, 37 that says, All the Father gives to me will come to me. And the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. See, doesn't it apply really well right there? Amen. He's not going to cast us out. He's not going to say, you know what, forget it. You failed. You did it wrong. You you didn't meet my approval. You didn't meet my standards. I'm going to find another disciple. He just says, just keep trying. You're doing fine. I knew you would do that. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't take me by shock. Just get up and keep moving. Keep trying. If you continue on, and we're not going to spend time there tonight, but if you continue on in Matthew, this is the end of chapter 11, it goes into chapter 12. And what's interesting is the first two stories in chapter 12 are about the Sabbath. And the Sabbath means rest. And so I think it's very fitting and purposeful That as Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest, it's very fitting that then these next two stories, excuse me, these next two stories are then the practical application of that rest that he provides. Because twice he's faced with the Pharisees and the scribes who are coming to him with their rules and regulations trying to prove their value and their worth by their understanding and observance of the laws. And through these stories, Jesus is basically telling them, look, don't you get it? The point of the Sabbath is to remind you to give control to God. To just let go. You see, it's through Christ, through Him, that the work was completed. God created us, and God saved us. And all that we have to do is rest in that. We don't have to work to earn it. We just rest in it. Well, unfortunately, I think there's probably some of us here that haven't experienced or aren't experiencing that light load right now. 
There's probably some of you in here tonight that feel weary, feel burdened, feel weighted down by the things that are going on around you, going on at home, going on at work. And I think that the reason we find ourselves in that situation is because we're, ro- we're yoked to the wrong thing. We're not yoked to Christ. There's something else that we're holding on to, whether it's what we would call wisdom or, or counsel or some religion or whatever it is in your life that you're allowing to somehow be a, the decision maker in those situations instead of just going to Christ. Instead of just going, God, I don't know here. I don't know what to do. I need you. You show me. Make it clear. I want to be right next to you so that you walk that direction and I'll just follow you wherever that is. We need to be yoked to Him if we want to be free from those weights and from those burdens. All these other things, they're not God. The Bible is not God. Church is not God. They direct us to Him. You can memorize the whole Bible and not be yoked with Christ. Don't get, don't get distracted by what people say. Be drawn to Christ. Be drawn to the person of Jesus. Not a religion, but a relationship. When we're next to Jesus, when we're plowing the field alongside of Christ, these things, church and the Bible and these other things, they remind us that we're going the right way. When we get distracted, they help us return to Him. But we always must remember to keep our eyes on Christ. Fully, 100%, committed to Him and to nothing else. I want to invite the worship team to come up. And there are going to be some people available for prayer. And I want to give you guys uh, just an opportunity tonight for those of you that are burdened by something. Like I said, I know if you're anything like me, there's, there's probably a list a mile long. And I want to give you an opportunity to just come to Christ. We don't want to give you our opinion on what we think how we think you should handle that situation. We just want to pray that God would guide you and direct you. That He would fill you with His Holy Spirit so that you would know 100% what it is that He wants you to do. That you would have the peace that when you come up for prayer or you pray in your seat, that when you walk away, it's done. That you've let it go. And you're allowing God to take it. Because he promises he will. So, whatever reason that you're weary or you're burdened tonight, Jesus is inviting you to come. Because if you come to him, he'll give you rest. If you learn from him, he'll give you rest. You don't have, the good news, you don't have to worry or stress about anything in your life. Nothing, there's nothing 
that we, even though there's so many things that we think are huge, there's nothing too big in our life that God says, you know what, that one you can spend some time worrying about. Nothing. Give it all to Him. And He will guide and He will direct you if you seek Him. We're going to pray. And then, like I said, we're going to do a, a few songs here. And I encourage you during that time, come forward, ask for prayer. Just let them know that you're giving it over to the Lord tonight. Pray in your seat. Whatever you need to do, don't leave tonight without giving those things in your life over to God. Without letting go of that desire to be in control. Let Him take the reins. Be yoked with Him tonight. Lord God, we just, we love you so much, Lord. God, you're so worthy of everything, of our lives. And it's so humbling to know that you are willing to take our burdens upon your shoulders. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here tonight who has never been yoked with you, Lord, who's never left behind the yoke of the world, the sin that so easily entangles, God, I pray that tonight they would be yoked with you. That they would come to the front and they would let someone know here that they're ready to walk with Christ. And God, for those of us here tonight that walk with you, Lord, I pray that we would let go, we would keep our eyes straight ahead, keep our focus on what you have for us and nothing else. Because it's through that that we have peace. And we have rest. And what a joy it is to be walking side by side with our master. We love you, Lord. We pray in your precious name. Amen.